0: side for Elba. Elba will score! Elba will score! Newcastle have won! Tomorrow morning, 6am, I bring you part one of a brilliant interview with a family member of mine, Tony Durkin. He was the Queensland editor of Rugby League Week for 20-odd years and played a prominent role in Queensland Rugby League for a long time. Some of his stories are simply incredible and some of the things that he was involved with, unbelievable. We spoke about Super League the other day. He was the first man to break a story about Super League. It wasn't taken seriously yet, but within a couple of years, you would see it all happen. Uh, Unbelievable scenes in Rugby League that Tony, he was on the ground for all. Of them. Tony, the thing that I love most about him and the story he's able to tell is that he went on three kangaroo tours 1986, 1990, and 1994. In between 1990 and 1994, he went on a Rugby League World Cup, of course, in 1992 over to England. And this is where Tony starts talking. The kangaroos, they win the 92 World Cup. A couple of days later, it's time for the Brisbane Broncos to come over and uh, play in the World Club Challenge. Tony tells a couple of stories from there. And then we talk about a couple of guys. Alan Langer Steve Renhoff, Mal Meninga, some of the greatest players Queensland Rugby League and Australian Rugby League has ever seen. I love the way that Tony's able to give us an insight into these guys that uh, we potentially haven't heard before. A guy that was on the ground the entire time got to know these guys, went on tours with them, was sitting in coaches' boxes, was in the media. Uh, It's really interesting. Obviously, now when you talk to journalists and their relationship with players, it is often quite tense. It was quite the opposite here. Tony used to go on kangaroo tours with these guys and he'd be on the beers with them until early in the morning. A very different relationship. Rugby league has changed so much. Here's a little take from that interview. You can listen to the full part one coming 6am tomorrow morning.
1: Australia won that uh, won that World Cup and then a week later we went to uh, Wigan. The Broncos, who were the premiers in, in 1992, played uh, Wigan for the World Club Championships, uh, which they won as well. And there's an interesting story there about the the rogue Julian O'Neill who was a terrific bloke Julian but unfortunately Julian didn't know when uh, to, he knew when to start his partying but unfortunately he didn't know when to stop it and he got in a lot of trouble over that but on the morning of the game they went down to a local betting shop and I think Julian saw that he was might have been 25 to 1 or something to score the first try and he thought no that's not a bad idea and whacked some dollars on himself and he did he scored the first try and became a, a, a wealthy little man for a little while until he knew he always knew how to get rid of his money Julian so it probably didn't last long but that was tremendous and and that's uh, I remember that we got back to the hotel at Wigan uh, after that and the golden and the rule then and I think it might have even come from the teetotal total coach Wayne Bennett no one goes to bed tonight uh, the Broncos have won the premiership I think half a dozen of their players played in the World Cup final. And then a week later, they won the World Club Championship. So that was a that was a huge uh, a huge uh, couple of weeks for the Broncos. I'll, I'll, let, I'll just add there that yeah. a couple of blokes called Kevin Wilders and Alfie Langer led the partying.
0: Mate, I was just about to ask Alf. I don't think he needed uh, an approval to not go to bed. Tell me about him. You obviously would have spent a number of years around Alf. Uh, what what sort of a bloke is he? A
1: Champion, absolute champion. Uh, very, very shy, very reserved until he gets a bit of lunatic soup into him, and then he's uh, he relaxes and and becomes the party animal. When he's got tr- trouble a couple of times for that, Alfie, but just a, a, a brilliant little bloke from Ipswich. No airs and graces. Um, I, I think the the accolades that are that are packed on Alfie for his playing ability embarrass him uh, somewhat. Uh, he's a he's a guy who who. Uh, Loves his footy, loves the punt, loves to socialise, loves his family, and it's um, just a terrific bug. He, he, I reckon if you did a poll of of uh, rugby league players in in Queensland, um, there's the most popular, Alfie would probably be top of the list.
0: Mate, another guy that was pretty popular up there, and you did mention him before, scoring a try in that um, World Cup final. Steve Renolf obviously uh, went on to have a fantastic career at the Brisbane Broncos. When was the first time you saw him up there?
1: Well, he, I think he was. He came in the second year, 1989. I think uh, Steve came down from Mergen, where Brian Niebling was from. Uh, he came down. He played initially played for South in Brisbane. But he was one of those players, Steve, that... You just saw, when you saw him play first time you saw him play you thought this kid's going to be something and uh, there's a lot of players you see when you first see a player you think the same thing and a lot of them uh, particularly his juniors don't seem to kick on but he was one who did and um, very very proud indigenous man Steve he got, he's got five beautiful kids uh, who are all grown up now and, and, and um, just Terrific bloke as well, Stephen. You know, they're not, there's not too many players I've met over my career, Nathan, that I consider to be good fellas. Uh genuine, hardworking, uh, love to you know love to have a good time. Uh, but when when uh, the work's on, they're prepared to sit down and do it. But uh, yeah, he's a he was a wonderful player. He would gl- glide across the field, Steve Renoff, and one of the. One of the great attributes he, he seemed to have, and I think he did have, was with his palm. He'd palm a player, and it, he could accelerate at the same time. He, he, it was like he used it uh, as a as a forge to get away from the the, the defending player. He marvellous, and of course he was he was well known for his uh, for his headgear.
0: It, it? well, head I, I love that that, that try. You'd you know better than me whether it's ninety two or ninety three, where he bounces over 92. the try line. 92,
1: unbelievable scenes there. He Wolf nearly caught him though. He got close, didn't he? He did. He did. But Steve would say, "Yeah, but I was carrying the football. <laughs> mate, They're heavy, those bloody footballs."
0: Mate, take me to the uh, to the 1994 Kangaroo tour, and you know a sign of the times here. There's 13 players coming from the Canberra Raiders and the Brisbane Broncos. Pretty impressive for those two clubs.
1: Well, they were they dominated, didn't they? That that period of of, of the ARL back in those days, and uh, again, there's just very, 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 very good players, talented players. You know, the Brad Clydes, the Laurie Daly's, Ricky Stewart, uh, and a bit of a changing in the guard back then. I think uh, Kerrod Walters might have been gone away as hooker, and and uh, his, did his brother succeed him? I just I just can't quite remember that, but. There were three Walters boys on that trip: Kevin, Kevin Kerrod, and, and Steve, uh, which was, you know, a record for Australia to send away three players, three brothers in the in the one kangaroo team. But all these tours run into another, each other for me, mate. That, that far back, I find it hard to to recall what actually happened.
0: Well, mate, I, I guess one thing that would make it harder: there was one common figure in all these tours. Mal Meninga. This is his fourth yeah. kangaroo tour. Incredibly impressive.
1: Well, he was a giant of a man, wasn't he, on, on, on and off the field, Mal? And um, remember when I first went to Brisbane, Mal was was very, very um, almost timid, Mal. And he talks about it now as, as um, he was racially vilified back then, and he, he he didn't stand up for himself, and he was he's now he looks back on that and is a little embarrassed about the fact that he he didn't. He was a he was a monolith. He was, he was just so big and strong, and he was in the coppers back then. He was in the police force, so um, you know it was easy to attack a policeman when he's not on the field, not physically, but, but verbally, and, and there were some pretty tough hombays around uh, in the Brisbane teams back in those days, but he grew. He developed. The, the thing he did certainly was to go to Canberra under the coaching of initially Don Ferner and then Wayne Bennett for one season. Uh, and then, of course, Tim Sheens, who I'm, I'm sure he'll say probably turned him into the player that he that he became. And and then, of course, he turned his hand to coaching. Not uh, as a club coach, he was wasn't all that successful as a club coach. But as soon as he took over Queensland and then Australia, his his co- coaching career blossomed. And um, yeah, he's a he's an immortal. Deserves to be an immortal without any shadow of doubt. And I think time will judge Mal as probably one of the. One of the very influential uh, people in Australian rugby league.
0: May where where do you sit him as far as you know the most damaging outside backs we've ever seen? I know you mentioned like Reg Gaznier and some of these guys from from years ago earlier. Where do you sit Mal as far as all of those fellas go?
1: Didn't mention him earlier, did I? When I went through that list of all the great players, and it, it's it's hard to remember them all, but yeah, he's up there with it the, with the best. There's no look when he wanted to Mal could. Run over the top of anybody. He was just a machine, and well, he was such a big man. He had, had thighs like tree trunks and big hands that could palm people off. And of course, he was a, a very accomplished goal kicker and a tough poker too in his day. Mal kicked uh, what did he kick five from five, seven from seven, wasn't it? In the first it seven from seven in the first state of origin on his on his twentieth birthday. So he was a fair goal kicker as well. But you know, he was he was when he when he wound when Mal wound up and wanted to get to that uh, to the goal line nine times out of ten, he could do it. No, he's a, he was a wonderful talent. Mate, but I, was... I put it this way, mate. When I was playing footy, I would have had to have tackled Mel Meninga. I would have said, there you go, mate. There's the passage. There you go.